for you and wet yeah. and wet yes it's a beautiful day b is like proper fuck with me because she asked me what's the weather and i looked on this fucking app thing and it says a uh, 30% chance of raining it's been pissing the entire day i've got fucking water in my headlights because i had to drive through a fucking <laughs> river man God, it's been a rough day I, I think i saw my neighbor building an ark <laughs> uh, there was animals lining up two by two he doesn't speak much but he's pretty busy busy with a hammer out there. Oh god. So this evening we want to talk a little bit about those uh, set of rules that you live by the codes that we uh, develop and design for ourselves and when we young we don't really have a a set of rules or code that we live by. We sort of watch our friends and we look at what what it is that they are doing. And then we design our world around whatever it is that they're doing. At some point, we're like, okay, well, I don't want to have 10 girlfriends because that makes me uncomfortable. So I'm not going to do that anymore, even though that person's doing that. Or I'm not going to um, visit another friend's girlfriend when he's not around because that's not a cool thing to do. A gentleman wouldn't do that, number one, because it would start rumors for the girl. And number two, I don't want to disrespect my friend like that. But that happens over time. I think you that's know? also when you start building up your, 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 your spiritual compass, or not maybe not spiritual, maybe that's wrong, but more of a moral compass. Mm, mm. It's like you don't want to do something that wouldn't, you wouldn't want done to you. Correct. And if, if there's an opportunity that something could go wrong in that situation, you don't want to be mm. front and center. You'd rather avoid it so that it doesn't destroy friendships. And yeah. But it's, it sort of comes around uh, with that in mind. Something has to happen to you that you don't like. So I don't want to do that anymore, yeah. or I don't want that to, to to happen to me. So I won't do that kind of thing. Uh, and I think at some point, um, a lot of us has to sit down and think about whatever those set of rules are. Um, and that's the point that I want to be. I want I want that to be the jump off. And the reason yeah. why it came up for me was uh, I came across a poster on Pinterest which I had not seen for 40 years it was on the wall of the of the dojo that I belonged to initially and it was tattered um, it had um, uh, it was called the warrior's virtue and it had a whole set of rules on the poster that I found only had seven on it but there's a lot more than that um, and it it, it it had that on and it was accompanied by um, uh, another code which was seven five three seven virtues um uh, five healthy principles um and the other one was uh, three separate states of mind which were all warrior like in its process what did you think i meant when i sent it to you what was your first thought well i think a lot of the environments that you and i have found ourselves in in in, in different versions of our 
relationship and, and adventure around the world. Mm. Um, these virtues, these states of mind are part of, parcel of most of these aspects that we've been, been engaged in. So for me, it was almost a, a reinforcement of things that you and I have spoken about for years. Mm. Uh, but then for, for you to say that it was 40 years ago, and maybe this is the foundation and this is where you found it, you know, and you've been applying it for the last 40 years. Perhaps uh, it's interesting um, to look at it that way. You know, it's my dad. He was extremely moral in the way that he lived his life. And fuck, as a kid, you don't really understand it. You know, you like, I remember writing a story for a blog that I had a few years ago about a guy who did something which was frowned upon in our community. And my dad said to him, you got to come back because there's a punishment waiting for you. And I think any guy in his right mind would have fucking run away and not come back for like months or maybe years on end. Um, but he came back the evening at the time when he was told to come back. And he took his licks and... My father cared for him while he was recovering. He was, he stayed at our house for a while. And I. it was one of those things that I just I couldn't fucking understand it. You know, I mean, what what is it that makes these guys take over? And as time went on, these different value sets started making sense to me. Now, when we got involved with the, with the biking group, uh, there was a saying that was going around. I don't know if it was the flavor of the month in that environment but it was like old school rules and i didn't quite know how to feel about it because old school was always very exclusionary for me i mean i wasn't part of it because our country has a history of of endemic racism um um it's it's on the rise again i would i would say globally um so i wasn't sure what that meant but i i i reconciled with it since because when I grew up back then, for me, that's the old school and we had a particular way of doing it. And previously, when we were off air or off mic, we were talking about, you know, getting a hiding. Or, you know, you, you were talking about how your mom would throw the shoe at you. And I was talking about how my mom used to love to corner us on the bottom bunk so you can't fucking get out. And she was like a Nigerian goalie blocking you off. Um, but those were, that was old school for me. And I looked at a lot of things that, that made sense to me from that time that was old school. But I also realized I had to create my own, you know, value set. You know, um, what was a value set for you or what or did old school make sense to you? I, you know, the, the biking side of it, I, I, when, we, when, we, when we, we deep dived into it, um, trying to find what those old school rules were was very difficult. Mm. People often spoke about it. People often spoke about the unwritten rules and this, and you shouldn't do that. You shouldn't do this. You should do this. I'm like, where does this come from? And trying to find those rules, yeah. trying to find a written version so that I could put a date and an age and a reasoning behind the reasoning that it's behind mm. was in, was in that uh, sphere. And I couldn't find it. It mm. doesn't exist. The idea of these, these, this, you know, two stone tablets existed, <laughs> but they don't actually physically exist. Yes, mm. support your brother, look after him, don't cheat on him, don't fuck around with his women, you know, be good man. Yeah. 
but that's a misnomer in an outlaw biking society because it how is. are you a good man and an outlaw? It, it makes no sense. Um, and the thing is that in, in, when we spoke about this earlier today, I did another deep dive trying to find old school rules for life, not yeah. just necessarily for biker communities or for military relationships or fellowships, um, but they don't exist. Mm. There's no list that I could find. Um, mm. Even ChatGPT was like, well, you know, it depends on your environment and, yeah, yeah, and yeah, it's yeah, kind yeah, of like, yeah. okay, cool, but you're not answering my question, yeah. which in other words, it's not... So you're in, falling out with fucking AI. Uh, we don't fall out. We have, <laughs> we have strong conversations and occasionally I'll tell him to shut the fuck up. But he, he agrees with me. They, sorry. It's mm. not a he, it's a they. Mm. Um, the only thing that I was able to find is on um, the Urban Dictionary. Yeah. The And again, Urban Dictionary is self-regulated. So it kind of, yeah. and it says, the old school rules is it a way of thinking that throws back to a past time where respect and fellowship were more important than material possessions or posturing. And I thought that is that is exactly it. By far the best explanation. It, it's eh? just so simple. Um, and, and they use an example. It says, when Jamie comes to the party, he always shares his pot with everybody. And we do anything for that guy. We observe old school rules. <laughs> so it's kind of, it makes sense, you know. <laughs> brilliant. It's <laughs> fucking brilliant. And, and, you know, but that's it. You know, respecting each other, strong fellowships, and not worrying about what people think of you outside the group that you're in. Mm. Uh, I think that is so important, you know. So the idea of, you know, living your life on social media, living your life for the benefit of people around you rather than for the people in your family or at least for your own benefit. Yes, That's yes. where we're getting lost here, which yeah. I think it, it, it sounds so wrong that we're hearkening back to something that didn't exist. Yeah. And, and it's an idea of something, you know, the idea of the perfect society, the idea of how cool it was in the 50s or how cool it was in the 20s or how cool it was in the 1820s. Yeah. Those things, realistically, people were starving. People were dying of Spanish flu. People Correct. were getting murdered. People were getting, you know, trafficked around the world. Mm. And, and the problem is that parts of it were cool. Yeah. But not all of it. Exactly. And I think that's the problem is we, we're focusing on potentially a cool idea yeah. that has become so stylized and obviously the cuck parts have been edited out and we're just left with this cherry balancing in the middle of nowhere and we think it's on an ice cream or we think it's on a pavlova but it's actually just on top of a pile of shit <laughs> and it might be a cherry but it's still on top of a pile of yeah, shit yeah well i you know it's i i posted it on 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 instagram when i said i was we weren't going to have an episode today this episode will come out on friday um, and I had this um, seven warrior virtues that, that came up. When we started training, we would recite all of this stuff um, all the time. And it, it obviously, it, it makes a lot of sense in the time because your sensei is trying to teach you how to be responsible with what he's teaching you. It's, it's almost a, a philosophical way of, of laying away liability from him you know um but he wants you to be uh, uh, um he wants you to be mindful of your newfound power your strength your abilities and he wants you to use it wisely you know i didn't really get a lot of it until i watched enter the dragon and read up on the stuff that bruce lee was talking about and a lot of it made sense stepping into the world of special weapons and tactics and 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 combat applications you would meet people who lived according to 
those different rules, who lived in that three-foot world, who who worked the problem, ignored and override. And those are all different ways of dealing with with the situations and, and, um, and they conceptualize it. I find that a lot of people who who are now writing the ideas and it's a lot of people that they they in the edc community they in the shooting community um they they latch onto the um the the ideas of the sean ryans and the jack cars and so on and so on um mike lovers and they come up with this sort of old school bushido way of thinking where it's very messianic in the way that it's that it's being brought across. It's 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 almost um, the pious sort of like hermit warrior walking with his staff and his sword, and he walks across the land as he searches for knowledge. And it's fucking not like that. That was Shane. The movie was Shane. Was yeah, it? yeah. That yeah. was the guy, the the messianic warrior walking yeah. across the globe, yeah. fighting all the evils on the planet. But but that's not what it is. It's 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 it's. Um, that's not what a warrior is, yeah. you know. A, a warrior isn't somebody who um, is messianic in his processing of the world where he is the least, because he is a, a student of violence. So you're not always going to be that version of yourself. But when you don't have to be, which I think is critical, is then you have to apply the rules of mindfulness of your surroundings and the people who you affect and that you that you impact and how you how you deal with um, with adversity, and, and I think it's something that men don't do. You know, I asked a friend of mine uh, who belongs to an aged mountaineering club. They climb the French Alps in um, in clothing that would have been worn, you know, a pre Second World War. Why? I don't know. They enjoy it. I asked him, what do you, how do you live your life? What's, what, what are your rules? And he said, well, he doesn't have any, really. And then as we were talking, he said, well, I suppose I live my life like a mountain goat. I'm hopping from one position of opportunity to the next, and I'm trying to get a better vantage point so that I can make better life choices and decisions, which, I mean, we both agreed off, Mike, that it, that is um, a, a particular code. Mm -hmm. You know, th there's got to be a set of rules that governs, governs that. What are the rules in in your life? What what are the rules that governs your life? Um, I try and uphold the laws of the land. Mm. <laughs> you know, uh, I try. Um, I try not to be harmful. I try not to be obnoxious without reasoning. I try not to be selfish. If I can share, I'll share. I like to share wisdom especially. I like to, if I find something interesting, I like to put it out into the world so that the world can be a part of what I find. Um, but it's difficult, you know. I, I obviously have a, a moral, a, I would call it a Christian moral compass, but again, that is the, the wrong term. It would be a, a creator-driven uh, moral compass, but based more towards the... Uh, anarchist mm. doctrine rather than the the the, the dogmatic version because it I've, I've made my own version of it mm. um, which is very difficult to explain even to myself some days <laughs> uh, and then quite often it's just try and do the right thing you know and it's not always it's it's not easy to always do the right thing often the right thing is 
very elusive and you want to try and put it in the front of your mind that is this good or bad you know and again my moral compass determines the good or bad Mm. Um, society also has their own version of good and bad and they don't always align Mm. um, with everybody else's is it is that where perhaps the vexing i know that's what it is for me where there isn't where there's this great incongruency between what my moral compass is and what, what is right and what is absolutely righteous and what society dictates to be right when when there's a, that incongruity uh, or incongruency i feel robbed in that moment when when something happens and it is unfair towards me or towards someone else yeah that that is that is my my strongest feelings that i and it's anger bitterness is when something is so unfair Mm. that it just takes the wind out of the sails and it's kind of like that's not right and and again other people think no but it's fine it's not fine it's not right so you know if you if you do certain things and it it breaks that moral code if if a friend breaks that moral code kind of don't know if I want to be friends with them anymore. Well, and that's, and that's, yeah. that's, you know, it, it, it's part of the discussion we had. And the problem with it is that other people don't see a problem with mm. breaking those moral codes, but I do. And, and that is where I get lost and, and I get a little bit uh, stumped and I don't know what to do about that. Yeah, I can't. And, and it's difficult to, to, often those people won't even see it as a problem, which then. That's the fucking problem. What do you do? Yeah, me. I mean, it's and like you don't see a problem yeah it aggravates the situation even even more i think that when i experience those incongruencies especially when it when it comes from the rulers of the country or the rulers of the province i've always been anti-establishment and anti-government i think that you should the government should know absolutely nothing about you and you should know everything about your government that's my firm belief i'll To my dying day, that is, I'll utter that with my last fucking words. Yeah. But I become, I've become very anti-establishment uh, in in my later years, particularly over the last maybe twenty years, no, fifteen years, um, because I, I was involved with the United Democratic Front. I was involved with the Action Committees. Um, you know, we were strong followers of the doctrine of the struggle um which was not an anc doctrine by the way it was it was a doctrine which belonged to various different organizations who in my opinion did a lot more for the struggle and the anc just usurped the successes of those organization see i'm anti-establishment and i i still feel today that your best outcome is if is your reliance on yourself and the people's reliance on each other rather than a reliance on on a government i think it's the worst thing that could yeah. happen to no, I any think we, group we've of given we've given the government so much agency in our lives and they're not do, they're not doing any any good you know they're not helping us in any way or form in fact they're just making it worse mm. and worse for us so we've given the agency okay listen you guys we put you in charge look after us and they're not exactly. because they don't know how to you know you've got these people um who are rising to the top of these political groups because of their friendships within the political group, mm. not because of their ability to rule anything. Yeah, They can't even organize a fucking tea party and yeah. they get it all wrong. Or they'll charge somebody else and then they'll end up paying 3,000% above, 3, above 
cost for something that because somebody's cousin gets a bit of, mm. of, of a bit on the side, but they don't even see it. Yeah, and I don't understand how they have no moral compass. Obviously, yeah, or their moral compass is so skewed towards the the god of money, Aruman, that they don't want to be involved in anything other than making money and making profit mm. at our expense because it's our money. But it become a, a a theme sort of everywhere. I mean, I think everyone. A lot of people uh, across the uh, across the band, their 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 morals is uh, it's for sale. You know, you're looking at um, a, a deeply, uh, a profoundly dis disjointedness, a disconnectedness with just sort of whole wholesomeness and and an interaction with humanity, and everybody's just sort of like, well, if I'm okay and it doesn't affect me, it doesn't matter. You know. Uh, and I've got a big problem with that, you know, that we that we can live such profoundly democratically hypocritic lives, mm. you know, it, it, that we that we are inconsistent in in the way that we live, and that that I think that cre that must create a large amount of the of the community of the of the population of our society. It should make it difficult for them to fall asleep at night. Yeah, but they don't. No. You know. So for me, I think the only way that I can manage that is by having this, not necessarily a moral compass, um, but but a a a set of rules that govern my actions and the way that I do business and my dealings, and and I and I'm, I'm grateful because I've been able to live those sort of rules so intensely so deliberately that if something is fucked up in whatever it is that i'm doing where i'm working um i won't work there the last two years of my uh, association with um with babcock equipment and the volvo brand um i was exposed to mining and illegal mining and i was privy to reports and documents which gave me an understanding of how communities are being affected so and my thinking is i'm selling this kind of equipment to these people so that they can perpetuate their actions that is in direct conflict of my moral code i can't fucking do this anymore and I think that is why every five years I take stock of where I am and what I'm doing and whether or not um, it's going to erode my moral capital, my, my core values. Uh, I, I, my self-worth is, 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 is forever tethered to that thinking. Yeah. I think it's important that you do have a a strong moral compass because if you don't you can be led by the nose by anybody correct you know, somebody dangles a nice watch or a nice pair of shoes or a, a nice mercedes benz in front of your face and there goes your moral compass out the window because now you have a nice car a nice mm. watch or a, or a nice pair of shoes um, my concern with these things always is when we have a moral compass and you stand up for it People fight you for it. Amen. And it's kind of like, why, if this is my belief, agree with me or don't, but don't fight me on mm. it. We can agree to disagree, 
or we can fight about it. But don't stop me. Don't don't shut me down. Don't tell me I can't speak or don't tell me I'm not allowed to speak on a podcast because I have a different opinion of you mm, from mm. You. Come and, and join us. Yeah, and exactly. Share let's, and, and again, let's let's try and have a conversation about it. And if we can converse with each other and explain to each other our position, perhaps I can soften your opinion, you can soften my opinion, and we'd meet in some form of middle ground mm. or, or not. But again, that's okay. Mm. You know, we don't have to be on the same page every single day mm. because if we're all on the same page then there's only one page and if there's only one page that's not a book mm. it's a fucking flyer and what is the point of having a flyer when we should be writing books and Correct. poems and libraries very difficult um sort of environment to 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 live in um i was told the other day by someone that they were friends with me because they felt that i was misunderstood as a as a young person I spoke a lot of sense, but uh, it, it, it was out of place in the environment that it was in. And the older I get, the more I become aware of that, um, the more I I get a true sense of what my value is. You know, one of the things I've, I've learned a long time ago, not to take myself so seriously, <laughs> it comes with a, with a profound degree of... of um, confidence um and and having experienced certain things and being successful at certain things which are not rewarded with money but they you count the successes in those quiet moments when you're sitting on your own and nobody knows why you have a faint smile across your face um smirk. is that not a smirk <laughs> could be a smirk but if it's a smirk then 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 there's a degree of like um uh, 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 um it's an it's an overinflated self confidence. There's a sense of hubris there. Um, but I've 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 always believed that, you know, we need to engage with all of those things about ourselves which makes us uncomfortable. Um, if I did something that th there are things that I've done in my life which, um, before I had a grasp and understanding of honor loyalty respect heroic courage uh friendship and family before i had an understanding of those things there are things that i did that i still flinch at today when i think about it i'm like i still go oh fuck why did you and it's like i like it happened yesterday because i still haven't i haven't come to terms with 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 it i haven't Sort of, but then is that not a check and balance within your moral compass? When you when you look back at those things, and they don't make you flinch, mm. when you when that doesn't give you that reaction, yeah, then you have slipped off your away from your moral direction. So, keeping that in your forefront of your mind is reminding you, bad shit happens. Mm. You do you've you've done some shit you shouldn't have done or morally shouldn't have done but you did it mm. and that's a check and balance that's a distillation of your your moral compass value and keeping that in your mind is giving you that check and balance so you mm. can go i think i'm a good guy i know i'm a good guy but i need to that, work on that that one thing yeah yes. and that that one thing is actually keeping you on this path yeah because it's reminding you that off this path is is darkness correct you know so that is the thing stay in the light that's 
what we've always can, spoken about, you know. Yeah, uh, uh, um, be the light. Don't stand in it. Yeah, is one of the other things that we've always said. I've had this conversation with uh, with my son-in-law. Um, he has had a very placating relationship with his with his own father, um, and I don't think there is um, there will ever be a time where the two of them will sit down uh, as men and talk about some of the things which um, which makes it difficult for them to have that conversation. Uh, and, and 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 like I mentioned before, some of those concepts you you need to talk about for somebody to understand. Mm. You need to talk about something uh, um, as complex as as heroic courage. There are times when you will have to do something where it will require great sacrifice of you, but you can do nothing other, nothing else, other than to do what is set before you. Now, some people call that a sense of stoic duty. That's not, stoic duty is easy. No one's going to take out the bin. So I'm not going to become, I'm not going to make a big deal out of it. I'm just going to do it because it needs to get done in any case. And if not me, then who else? Yeah. You know, you sort of like, I think it's Isaiah 6 8. Yeah. You're Isaiah 6 8. Yeah, yeah. You know? So um, in that regard, that's, that's stoic duty. That's Socratic. That's, sort of uh, Aurelian in, in the way that you process that. But heroic courage, man, that is something that you really, really have to come to terms with. It is doing something at a time when it is not fashionable for you to do it. Um, and it's doing it so that everyone else benefits other than you. And it's absolutely necessary yeah. for our society to come to terms with that to know that we need people to be that way to do things like that to be loyal to that instance of being a man i'm not saying that only a man can do it women can also do it women have been doing it for many hundreds of years but i'm saying a man because it is it is more lacking these days in men yeah. than it is in women um i read a a um an application for leniency in school fees payments from a woman who she doesn't she a passport expired she's a single mother she is selling clothes to put food on the table and to pay rent she needs to save money so she can go back to her country so that she can renew her passport and come back and do and, and then then apply legally for work and she's begging so that her child can stay in school and that she can just have this break. This year will be the last year where she'll be going through this kind of hardship and suffering. She actually calls it suffering. That's heroic courage. Mm. I don't find enough men who do that. Um, in a disciplinary hearing, a woman came with her child there's an application for the child to be expelled because of his um, um, involvement in, in gang activity. And she, she made a statement where she, and she said, he, his father won't come. His father's washed his hands from him. You won't, you won't see him here. She says, if he doesn't want to listen, then he doesn't want to have to deal with this. This is a grade eight kid, bro. Yeah. He's already tired. Yeah. 
And I thought to myself, no, no sense of heroic courage. Here's the mom. Yeah. Uh, embarrassed. But and I think also that, you know, the mother's lot is often to fight beyond that which anybody else would would fight beyond. You know, a woman, a mother especially is, it, you, the, you know, you'll go to the ends of the world for your, for your child. Mm. You know, you will fight tooth and nail. You will, you know, a lioness will take on 45 honey badgers and, and win, yeah. even though she's outnumbered and she would, you know, persist to mm. save her cub. Whereas the, the male lion will just go, nah, I'm not interested. Mm. And walk away because it's too cool not to be a reactionary. But again, it's, 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 we are, I think what's happened in society is we've endeavored so much to find comfort yeah. in our lives. Oh, yes. And we never, ever put ourselves in a, in a place of discomfort. And yes. that, that father doesn't want to be discomfort. He wants to stay at home, watch TV or whatever it is. Again, reasoning is, uh, is his. But he doesn't want to put himself forward. He doesn't want to be perceived to be doing something wrong because he just doesn't show up. He doesn't want to, he doesn't want to suffer embarrassment. Yeah. He doesn't, so, so he doesn't want to do anything at all. You know, being part of this um, environment where I get to deal with parents and with students, and it's made me think a lot about um, that sense of duty, uh, those those core values that one must um, that one must apply, and and I look at these parents who are coming in. Sometimes you open up a folder and you see. Uh, it, it's month six and you see six progress reports unopened in this kid's file, which tells me that this parent has never come to the school to collect a progress report um, when when school reopened for the new term. Um, so so every every test, every task, every it's it's all there. They've never come. Uh, there's letters in there of, you know, you need to come in so that we can talk about your child's behavior. It's in there. They've never been there. And the child would arrive and sometimes uh, a neighbor would come and, and, and be the, the adult or um, a family member would come. Um, and I think to myself, I struggle sometimes with the duties of a parent. I struggle sometimes with the with the things that I have to do to keep my children um, on a, a fairly wide track. They don't have to be on it, they have to be in between the rails. Um, and I make it wide enough so that they can experience everything and know where the barriers are. So hopefully as they get older, that track narrows as they build their own moral compass or set of codes. and. And I look at these parents and they don't, it's not part of the, it's not part of the toolbox. No. They've, they've either given up or they weren't interested in the first place. You know, there's a, there's a quote from a movie and, and I think it was Keanu Reeves that said it. He said, you know, you need a license to get a gun. You need a license to get a dog, but any idiot can have a kid. Mm. And here we go, you know, and it's kind of that thing is that we never really understand what it is we're doing yeah you know the the procreation it's fun mm. but there's consequence mm. and the consequence is when you make that uh, decision or you do that deed you are 
responsible for that child for the rest of its life. Yeah. Um, not till it's 18 and you can wash your hands and let it go. No, it's for life. You know, that is the thing is you bring them into the world and, and they should, you know, watch you leave the world at the end. Correct. Which is not, not the other way around in any way or form, but you really, really need to be engaging in your children's lives all the time. And sometimes, yeah. you know, I, I believe that we have this, and I'm not going to say it's a new thing because it's been going around for a while, this helicopter parenting where the kids get to do nothing without supervision. <laughs> and and it, it doesn't make for stronger children. The children become are becoming useless because yeah. they never have any consequences. Don't put your hand on the stove. It's hot. You tell them and they do it, then they won't do it again. Mm. But if you stop them from doing it and you stop them from doing it, they never know. They don't have any context mm. to what it means to burn your hand or to step in the road and get run over because you didn't look left and right. You know, yeah. the mother's always there holding the hand, or the father, or the older sister, or older whatever, but they never, these kids never get consequence. Mm. And the problem with lack of consequence is it doesn't build any resilience. Yeah. And um, now we have safe spaces because of words, and we have so many things where we need to be so careful with because we might upset somebody. So what? Yeah. You can be upset. That's okay. It's not going to kill you. You can you can live through being upset. It's okay. On the other side of it, there's wisdom and knowledge and some experience. Yeah. So enjoy your upset, and I'll see you on the other side when you're ready. Yeah. Uh, and that's kind of thing we need to remember is that we need to stop controlling every aspect of our children's lives. Give them some leeway, the width of your track, as you said. Um, but as long as they're moving more north, if we're going to use the compass analogy, as long as they're moving north, they can mm. be five k's to your left, five k's to your right. That's as okay. long as we're still funneling north, mm. you know, and you've got that ten k's in between where you can zigzag across it and and tie yourself out, which is fine. Yeah. But at the, in the long run, you're still moving in in the general direction of where the you know the family moral compass, or at least your individual moral compass. Yeah. As long as they meet the the, the, the broader requirements. Yeah. Uh, interesting that you were talking about the um, the touching the stove. Um, before I had kids, many years ago, I was at what was still called Gunsight, uh, and uh, sorry, not Gunsight, Thunder Ranch. Um, believe later it became Gunsight, and they had an instructor um, who was talking about firearm safety and kids and when is it okay i think he made a, a video recently mm, as well yes yes i did see that um too. but he made it interesting because yeah. he, he was talking about the, that exact same thing yeah. on the video you know when not to touch the stove you know that if you walk in the street you're going to get knocked over by a car and from a very early age you don't do it why the fuck would the same rules not apply yeah for uh for you when you when you leave a firearm somewhere yeah. i think the analogy he started was at what age do you teach yeah, firearm safety? So, yeah. yeah. so yeah. he said well what age do you teach child children to swim to yeah. be safe what yeah. time do you teach them not to touch something because it's hot not to approach the angry dog not to step into the road mm. he said at what age so yeah. that is the age as well that you teach firearm safety which for me is similar to the age when you when you're supposed to have these conversations about these codes yeah you know, you, if you don't start early enough um, and make it a, a a norm, a regularity in in your home, it is it becomes a way of life. It becomes an awkward conversation later on. Yeah, yeah, it's like, what I, the I fuck must, yeah. are you yeah, talking are about, you? Dad? Yeah. 
but, uh, but again, in that, maybe perhaps the, converse, the conversation is not necessarily verbal. It might just be acting a certain way and yeah. sticking to that. Well, the, that's the, the, thing. the yeah. thing. So you, you, you're performing the acts a certain way so that they see that and they want to repeat it, mm. which is being a good man, driving, following the rules of the road. You know that stuff. My son is, is, is at that age now where he's starting to concentrate on my driving mm. because he's eligible to start getting his learner's permit. Mm. So now he's asking me questions about driving. So I'm very, very attentive to what you're doing, what I'm doing because I want him to learn mm. Good driving, but defensive driving rather than asshole driving, mm. you know, which but is all around us twenty four seven. That's, that's how they that's how they learn. They don't yeah. learn from in from your instruction. They learn from watching you. Yeah, yeah. you can tell them what the fuck you want to tell yeah. them. They're not going to pay attention. Yeah. They learn from seeing what you do. And if you are living a a a, a, a hypocritical, uh, uh, inconsistent life, that is that is trying to in to act with an incongruent world, then they are going to latch onto that and say, dad's a fucking flake. Yeah. Because this dude is not walking the walk or talking the talk. You know, he's fucking directing me like a fucking tin pot dictator. Yeah. You know? Um, So earlier on, I I made mention of the 753 principle and I actually found um, writing by Hiroito Yami, um, which which speaks about this and i think it's it's such practical uh, sort of points to look at you know it's, it's data points that you need to take into consideration in your decision making we've spoken about uda and we've spoken about all these different things and they all need to converge at the same place for it to be successful uh, and i think these are very basic um, things and the seven virtues um has very little to do with striking your enemy, you know, or engaging with the problem. Because you can't engage the problem, which means you can't be confrontational uh, if you don't have these. If you don't have rectitude, which is standing firm and being, we've spoken about being deliberate in your movements and being um, tactically aware. And when, you, when you're deliberate in your movements, it, it translates, or somebody else will interpret that as somebody who is determined to get the job done because he steps where he steps and he's not he doesn't falter so rectitude being one courage being the other one we spoke about that uh, previously benevolence um our association with um uh, the masonic craft you know it 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 speaks of our need for that to be in the forefront to be aware of the fact that other people are struggling or has less than what we do our our sense of volunteerism um, speaks of that that sense of benevolence, uh, not because we want to wear it as a badge on our lapel, but because we want it to be real. We want to be the light, rather than stand in it. Yeah. Um, politeness and propriety. Um, there's no reason why we can't be cordial mm. and 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 comfortable with each other. Um, for as long as that is what is directed at us. Uh, honesty and sincerity. Um, very, very strongly linked to do what you say you're going to do. You know, um, you shouldn't have to impact your character and integrity negatively by saying something which isn't so. Yeah. You know, um, um, 
uh, honor in your dealings and, and, and not fucking people over in the way that you do things and, and loyalty um, are the seven virtues. Not a single word about how sharp your sword has to be, how you need to apex the target, you know, how um, CAR is better over any other platform. Those were the seven virtues. It had nothing to do with martiality. Uh, five keys to health. Rational nutrition. Don't fucking eat more than you can consume. Don't be a consumer. Um, don't eat cuck. Eat what, what is going to give you strength and energy and eat as much as you need, not as much as you want. Um, sensible exercise. Don't fucking do exercise that's not going to benefit you. Do what is going to work for you, regardless of what anybody might say. Efficient rest. What does that mean? I mean, you can go now and ask what efficient rest is. Your fucking watch will tell you. Sleep a good eight hours. Hey, if I'm writing up until one o'clock and I feel that I can sleep until six in the morning, get up and, and I'll be fine, uh, as long as I rest you in the course of the day again, take a break, take 30 minutes to be mindful of my environment and where my headspace is at, then, then I'm doing efficient rest. Um, proper hygiene. Don't be a nasty motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> I know it's winter. <laughs> Nobody wants to stand in the bathroom shaving shit that they know that they're not that nobody's gonna see because it's fucking cold. Don't be nasty. Clean your ass. Um positive attitude. It's very difficult to have. That is the hottest. That is that is <laughs> How my, does that hit you? Like sort of between the eyes. That is my anathema at the moment. Positive attitude is so difficult yeah you know the 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 world is beating on the walls you mm. know it's kind of one of those things but it's 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 good i it's i i recognize that it's a it's an issue mm. um but i'm working on it yeah yeah you know that is the thing is that we have words so many words we have these lists and we so many lists and we have so many conversations but in the end of it, you have to live it. And that is the hard part. You know, again, that positive attitude. But I think, brother, that's rough. where it comes down to. <laughs> it comes down to, um, I've always lived with this, the cockpit mentality. What's in my cockpit? All right. I've got the start button. I've got trim. I've got altitude. I've got, um, I, I, I can control my entire world from this little three-foot environment I, I mentioned the three-foot world what is in there that needs to be in there that i can control that will create success and that's how i live i can't control any of the other cuck i can't uh, um, in my mind when i get up out of bed i'm still doing the same thing that i did 20 years ago I'm, the first thing I reach for is my rifle. It is my tool. And I've now got to cultivate or create a mental rifle. What is the first thing that I grab? I grab that fortitude. I grab that, that skill set that is going to drive me forward every day. And it's all of these things put together. It's the way that I walk. It's how I observe my environment and my surroundings. Who's a bad guy? Who's not a bad guy? Who's a poser? Um... Who's trying to distract me? What is trying to distract me? What is important and what is not important? What is my goal? Where am I going to? How long is it going to take me to do that? Because I've only got so much 
uh, time during the day? What are the things that I need to accomplish today so that it so that it doesn't become important tomorrow? Because I leave it tomorrow, the next day it's urgent. Yeah. And I can't fucking affect it after day four. So I control my environment in that way and I maintain positivity um, for myself in that way. What did I win today? Uh, I went to the doctor and I got bloods taken. One of the tests was a prostate test and I was not violated. Yay, it's a win. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm upset about that. That blood testing just kind of spoils it, you know? Yeah, yeah, maybe, <laughs> maybe. Um, but, I, but I look at what I, what I can control and, and what, is my, what is in my environment. When we are talking about um, the, the financial woes that we go through as we try and stay within that very, very narrow uh, definition of what a middle class is. I got to prepare my family. I got to say to them, hey, this is, this is the situation for where we are now. Okay, this is, this is what we can do. We can, we can achieve this absolutely together. Don't think that we can achieve anything that is outside of this realm because we are not in control of the factors, nor do we have the time to create those factors, and we don't have the resources to even start creating those factors. So what is the best that we can create now? And, I, and I've done that with everything in my life. Um, I'm, I'm very lucky that I have a little bit of what my wants are covered. Um, all of my needs are covered. Uh, there's nothing that that I need to that I'm that I'm struggling with, um, and I can still have a little bit of fun, you know, within reason. And I have a positive attitude. What do I have, as opposed to what do I need? I'm 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 living hedonically more now than I did before. But it's been my way always. Yeah. Not to look down into the future. If only, then I will be happy. Yeah. I don't. I don't look at it from that perspective, and it and it brings me to, um, the last three, where, um, it's the, uh, three states of mind that you find yourself in. Um, the first one is uh, zanshin, which is alertness and awareness. Absolutely, be aware of your environment. Because it is changing all the time. Um, for us to believe that anything in, in, in our status quo is going to remain the status quo is you just fucking, you, 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 you're fooling yourself. Yeah. You know, nothing is what it is. I, I think I mentioned years ago that if you look at life on a linear scale, then it's, it's these little moments of happiness. And the happiness occur because you did something to create it. If you do nothing, then you're just going to have a cuck time all the time. Yeah. Your trick in life is to pull the the end of the one happy period closer to the start of the next one and to have the gap as short as possible. Yeah. So you can only do that if you're aware and alert uh, of what is going on around you and how your, your conditions are changing. Clear mind. I take it 30 minutes every day. It's like fucking having a holiday, bro. And I sit for 30 minutes and I do... Fuck all. I just, I listen to the nothingness and I, I, I try and channel every negative bit of energy into that and, and, and I work through that 
that that that emotion in that um, in that thirty minutes, and it works. And I use all the other little tricks, the box breathing or whatever. But this this one works. Yeah. Thirty minutes where I'm in that space, you know, I make myself as comfortable as calm as possible, um, and and I'm able to come up with solutions. Or I'm able to resolve yeah. and put it away. I don't have to think about it again. No, I think it's time to silence the noise, and in that quiet space, you can find what you need to what yeah. you need to, f- to focus on, or at least sh- shut down that noise, and then you can hear the stream that you need to listen to. Yeah, and find that idea and bring it to the fore. Yeah, that brings me to the last one, which is food ocean, which is um, you have to balance your emotions. Uh, an overreaction to anything is negative you know it's i'm not saying that you have to be socratic in your approach to it where you have to control fucking absolutely everything that's impossible because then you won't feel any emotion but you have to balance it how bad is it and if i explode in this moment is it going to make it better is it going to change anything at some point that emotion will include grief my belief about grief is that you have to give yourself over to completely. You must. Yeah. Um, because there's catharsis in that pain. You know, so you have to give yourself over to it. But in everything else, anger, there's no fucking point to it. Yeah. You know, there's absolutely no point to it. The one subjective that I believe when it comes to emotion is happiness. Embrace it. Ride the fucking wave for as long as you can. You know, don't take yourself so seriously that anything will piss you off because you have no use for anger. Yeah. You know, I think those are pretty practical ways of of looking at those those virtues, those the, the, the sense of value. When we were in the biking community, the guys used to say uh, loyalty, honor, and respect. Loyalty, honor, and brotherhood. You get a message from one guy and it ended off with five different fucking letters of the LRB, LRH, LR, this. Fucking make up your fucking mind. Yeah, yeah, pick one. And you realize that they can't make up his mind because he's never had to commit to any of them. Yeah. He doesn't understand it. He doesn't understand the individual elements, let alone the cluster of elements, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Your process with um, relaying this information to to your kids... How do you think? Um, At the moment, it's difficult. Obviously, competing with the PlayStation is very difficult. Mm. Um, and the school life is so busy. Yeah. Man, they leave at 7 in the morning and they're getting home at 7 at night. Mm. So there isn't really a time for us, you know, at 7 at night to dinner and it's this and then it's homework. And then mm. it's kind of like there isn't time to sit down. So in in my space at the moment i'm trying to lead by example yeah i'm trying to be a good husband i'm trying to be a, a, a courteous driver i'm trying to be a uh, a good provider in within the house i'm trying to do the little chores the little mm. things to see okay dad does this mom does this we have a balance in the family nobody has a specific chore mm. um but if it needs to be done we do it yeah and it comes back to that stoic idea in the beginning if the trash needs to be taken out one of us will do it. It's not like it's my job or her job. It's our job. Yeah. And between the two of us, we'll do it. And that relationship that we are 
showing our children is hopefully what they will look for in a partner later in life. Um, please, please. The way I'm driving is hopefully the way my son will drive. Um, supporting my daughter in her hockey endeavors is is great because it's something that I didn't get. Mm. And I, I can see it in her eyes that she appreciates that we're there. Some days not so much. Yeah. <laughs> um, but also the fact that we're there is not necessarily for her. It's more for me. Mm. Um, I'm getting to see the joy she gets out of sport and being yeah. physical. I'm getting to see... Uh, my son also playing sports and, and watching and seeing his interaction with his peers, which I was a bit worried about. Yeah. And he's actually super well adjusted. He's liked, he's he's playing up an age group. Um, he's playing well. I think he's one of two or three people in that uh, team that he's playing up into. And he's doing well. You know, mm. they all know who he is. He, he, he gets a lot of game time. He's not an also there. Um and that's good, you know. Mm. For me, that's great because that teaching him the wisdom of mathematics and English and Afrikaans and and science and all of those things is important. But for me, the socialization that comes from playing team sports mm. is more important for me in his space. Mm. Uh, as than, long as, and as long as he's having fun, a, a, he's having a having fucking fun. ball, and yeah, that's it. Jewel, yeah, you know, then uh, he's winning yeah. already. Fantastic. Um, yeah, look, I don't know if we're gonna get it right. I don't know if we're gonna hit the if we're gonna hit the lotto. But I do know that at some point, I mean there's various things that we're doing. I, I started writing a diary for my kids and the aim was to give it to my eldest when she's twenty one and then to pass it on to the other one. Um, in the hopes that the first would have read it finished by the by the time the other one needs to get it. And I'm it's been such a great experience because I started it on the on the night when when my firstborn um, was uh, born, and I realized that all of the things that I wanted to teach, uh, that I wanted them to learn and know about me and read about me when I am gone, that they could have a reference. Um, that was written in my own hand. I mm. realize in Sudi that she's she's already got a lot of it. You know, I see in Jade that the way that she thinks and reasons, she's already got a lot of it. I, I see in in my granddaughter Riley how she takes care of a brother that she's got a lot of it already. And it gives me hope and allows me to stay within that positive frame of mm. mind, which is great. Again, finding the wins and running with it. Yeah. You know, brother, we covered it. We did it. Appreciate your time in the rain. Yeah. No doubt. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Thanks, man. Sure, man.